Welcome back to another episode of Talking Sports A to Z with Alex Bush and Drew's Logar. We're going to get into the NFL draft uh, recap from from our teams and, and all around the NFL draft this year. Uh, Gronk's move to Tampa Bay with Brady and uh, episodes three and four of The Last Dance that premiered on Sunday. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Talking Sports A&Z, our second episode here. I'm Alex Bush along here with Drew's Logar. How's it going today? Good, man. Uh, excited to be back. I didn't uh, expect that we'd make it to episode two, so we're obviously doing something right. Um, nah, but it was good, man. NFL draft was a ton of fun. Actually, uh, was above the expectations that I kind of set for it. Um, I know we're about to get into it, but it was a good weekend of sports uh, ending with the episodes three and four of that MJ doc, I think it keeps getting better. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to just kind of dive into that NFL draft. Um, Cause I, I think both of our teams benefited greatly from it. I'm a Jets fan. You're a Bills fan. Um, where would you like to start? Cause we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, we can just start, let's just start with the draft. Cause this is like, you know, we've all wa- watched so many different drafts and this is, just unprecedented having it in you know running out of Connecticut slash Goodell's basement slash the basement of every player owner GM coach etc like it was just weird for me but I think that honestly like when you think back on it it was kind of cool because we almost got more access when everyone's not in the same room because you're seeing you know uh, Bill Belichick's dog sitting at the the computer or you know the the mess that was going on at Vrabel's house and just things like that it's, it's kind of cool I don't know what your thoughts are but um it was kind of cool to see inside you know no I, I mean I I think I agree in, in in some way I agree with that statement I thought it was cool to see even the differences like you brought up Belichick kind of just in like a dated looking dining room like he's one of the best coaches ever clearly rich as hell but like <laughs> He's in almost like a modest little like living room with his little dog, and he has like one. It was just like it was like his. Co- I think it was his cottage house in Nantucket. They said it, nice. it was like something that you could see just like uh, any of your family friends having like a house in like Cape Cod. Totally, <laughs> literally. And he's he's the most decorated NFL coach ever, and he had like one laptop and another sh- uh, shared screen, and that's it. But then comparatively, you bring it over to like Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona in his like absolute bachelor pad. He's dressed to <laughs> the nines, like the the turf outside in his backyard. Like I thought that was a cool uh, kind of next level experience from a fan perspective to see to see these guys from market to market like deal with the draft. Um, I know a couple things like Joe Judge in his like back room. There was like one little lamp. It looked so sketchy. I'm like, dude, have you even move in yet? Like, I know you're new to the area, but like, it literally looked like he was in like a warehouse room. That was crazy to see. It it was it was interesting. Like each the coaches and the GMs were interesting. Also the players, the CD Lamb stealing the burner phone was hilarious unbelievable Uh, just things like that was it was cracking me up I think the funniest thing of all time my dad and I were watching I believe it was the second round when this happened when they went to Bill Belichick and his dog sitting on the thing and you you know that was Bill doing that because somehow the guy who never talks 
outside of this voice is actually funny. So oh, he knows what he's doing. But he also he, it's also the draft. When when has Bill actually cared about the draft? So <laughs> totally, yeah, right. Bill has a he has a different perspective on the draft for sure than a lot of other coaches. But he was totally doing that to get us the common fan to be like the the best coach ever and he's just his dog is sitting in place for him and he gave him That's the little Bill Belichick and you see his dog sitting on the chair in front of the computer it was oh, crazy that was amazing how um, did you like um like barring another pandemic uh this won't be the norm moving forward um hmm. how did you like though the like the the cameras inside each of the draftees in the first couple rounds in the homes, because personally there was nothing we could do. This was the the cards that we were dealt and we had to make do with what we had, but um, it, it totally lacked the, the excitement. Yeah, it the, wasn't the same. Like, like seeing, okay. seeing these players in like sweats, a lot of these guys didn't even like care to dress up. And frankly, I wouldn't either, but like it definitely took away from, from that experience overall but it was cool from a coach's perspective and things to see that second level but I didn't care for quite frankly at all the individualized cameras just because it didn't bring any pop whatsoever so I thought it was cool to see inside the whole thing maybe once or twice but then once it happened you're like okay this is not like this is not the moment you want like like Joe gets picked first overall and like you know, normally you'd be like pumped, maybe like I'm emo- very emotional. The jerseys, and it's just him and, him and his dad and his mom. And like, I'm sure other people were in the other room, but like still it's, it's not the same. And like, you don't have, and you don't get to hear from every person. You get a couple interviews here and there. Um, just seeing like when they're flashing back to guys, you know who I'm probably going to bring up, but the cool one of the coolest uh past ones was when johnny gets drafted and throws the money hands in the sign it's just like things like that that like people like get so pumped in front of the crowd and it's really cool and totally now yeah. you're like, obviously like all those people are watching but you're also sitting on your couch yeah no i mean and, and like like we already alluded to like there was nothing that the nfl could have done no uh, it's, it, it's a situation we're at how did you uh how did you think mr robot i mean roger goodell did dude at first, I was like, okay, like, maybe he's got some personality. He's throwing in some jokes. He's like – and then he's just become a robot. He's pronouncing half of the names wrong that are spelled know. out phonetically. I, I truly don't know where to start with him, but I, I will start with uh, the amount of position errors that he had. Alex Bush out of Florida, cornerback, and then his graphic comes up, and Alex Bush is actually, like, a defensive end. And I'm like, dude, it is literally on your card or even worse, your card who should have just read exactly what the stat is, you filled it out incorrectly. So either way, it's an embarrassingly bad mistake. And he did it like five times in that first round. Also, like this kind of draft, it's going to be awkward just because it's like not in person. But how awkward was him walking up to the recorded fans every time be like, Oh, school! Like, go Bills Mafia. It's like so weird. <laughs> and, and and dude, he he was losing his like oomph to it by the pick. Oh, like dude, he started sitting down. He was like at the end of the draft, he's just like laying down on his couch. <laughs> yeah, and he would like he would like turn back and he'd be like, 
come on, Chargers fans, your pick is in. And acting like, like he's oh acting like he's tipping them the pick when they're clearly either recorded or if they're on Zoom or whatever, that's that the camera's not there. It's a TV. Right. And it was just the little like, come on, guys, I can't hear you. It was just so corny. I'm like, dude. Also, wait, we have to get to this. His basement. Dude, he's worth how much money? And it yeah, no basement. It looks like my like like my uncle's basement. Like like it's just a normal person's basement with like one TV. Maybe there were two, but I was like, he's like, this is where I sit down and watch football, and you're like I this is, my, this is what you got out of all this money. Yeah, he <laughs> it looks was like, like it's from the eighties too, with just <laughs> a TV in the middle that's nice. Like he freaking uh he he brings up his like M M&M and M jar. And it was gone, but it was gone like three hours in. You see that there's like ten M and M's left. You're like, what the hell? Like, yeah, that, just was like, his, that was his little sign of like, I like candy. I don't know, man. He oh. he was brutal, but um I actually I found it so funny though. I was just laughing. Like some people are like, oh my god, like I hate him, blah blah. I'm just like, this is hilarious. <laughs> no, it, it was so funny, but uh it was cool to see that the ratings were we're super high. Yeah, but like, think of how skewed that is. All the people oh, that were totally at the draft are all watching. So. Oh no, it, it was just cool that it but actually take any draft ratings and add it with like the attendance. It's probably pretty similar to what you got last year. Mm-hmm. That yeah, it's a good point. But but it was good. And the thing that I think that is the best is just like, dude, we've been missing sports so much, and it's ridiculous. And like, just to have, I know it's not live sports, but it's like something like that everyone can follow and don't don't get on me because I'm not talking about the WNBA draft. I'm talking about the NFL draft because so many people love the NFL. Um, and it was just like, you know, tw- you know, sports Twitter was back together. Kind of like it, what happened with the first last dance uh, night, but like everyone's back together virtually and it's just cool, but cool to see. Um, no, it's not at all like Adam Schefter putting out that tweet, like in the first time in over a year, like there'll be like a sports draft. He mm-hmm. totally fucked up because the WNBA had a draft, but like, I think you're right in a way there's 24 seven numbers of people that watch the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Numbers of people watching, but just the chatter of the NFL from a media yeah. perspective, NFL live and, and shows go throughout the entire off season. During the WNBA offseason, it's, it's dormant. Like, yeah. no one talks about the WNBA w- unless it's season. So, or something happens. Yeah. So, he met, definitely, Adam Schefter messed up on that tweet. But like, oh, he did mess up on that tweet. But I was just trying to say, like, it's, 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 a, different, it's a different beast when it comes to the NFL. And 100%. So many yeah. people follow it that it was just like a whole different atmosphere, whether it's virtual. You know what? I, I found myself so much more invested into this year's draft. Like, uh, I, I was looking at all the mocks weeks leading up to it. I was reading all these, like I'm a Jets fan, obviously. So like all these Jets beat reporters, I was reading all of their analysis and kind of their, their takes on, on what they wanted to see. I, I think this was the first draft in a while that I was, uh, I was definitely the most invested into this draft because frankly, we don't have shit to do, but yeah. Uh, I liked it from my perspective. Like I was reading a shit ton, not just about Mackay Beckton in our first round, but like learning about our third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks. It was, I, I felt much more invested this year. 
Yeah, and I think that's just because we have so much time and there's not, you know, games going on every night. Like, you know, there's not NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs right now. Uh, right. So it's like there's just not as much going on and everyone's all invested. I felt the same way. And for a, for a Bills team that didn't even have a pick in the first round, I was just investing in the draft overall. I, You know, ties just from from where I went to college. That's where Joe Burrow grew up. And it's just cool to see him go first overall after kind of like being on a, you know, seeing I saw a few of his you know high school games it's just kind of cool but like just the draft overall I was more invested I was reading all different things and you know how excited I was to see just live memes coming back it was so great just Roger Goodell and the stupid crap the CD lamb stealing the phone from oh my god the girl next to her to him who apparently dated Trey Young this is just so incredible. That, <laughs> she, she had a bad night that was a bad night to be uh, a part of the media when uh, you already had a history with an athlete. <laughs> At the same school. <laughs> Literally, man. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So what, what were your biggest takeaways? Like, well, so maybe in that first round, the Bills didn't have a selection. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were watching, what were, what were some of the things that you stood out, maybe good or bad? Well, as a degenerate, um, I had a lot of uh, gamble. Uh, I gambled a lot, so I had a lot of uh, bets on the line. So. I came out huge when I picked Ruggs to be the first wide receiver, so I was so excited. And I, oh, picked, nice. I picked him to go to Oakland, which was just cash money right there. It was awesome. Um, I was obviously – Now, that pick, before you go any further, that pick kind of got some scrutiny to it, and, like, they got kind of creamed. How, how do you feel he'll fit being kind of that – I mean, dude, the dude's just fast as hell. I mean, you see, you see it. And I think that, like, just from the podcasts and, um, you know, written stuff that I've been reading going up to it, just how everyone thought Ruggs was so underrated, like some team's going to pop and get him, and they did. I'm surprised the team took a while to get wide receivers, but um, I'm so happy I picked him to be the first, <laughs> first pick because he was – and once he was picked, they all went quick. So Yeah, it was boom, um, boom. After one, of my, one of my good buddies in New York, um, you probably met him, PJ, shout out. Um, he's um, a Cowboys fan. He's from, from, from Dallas. He lives in Dallas. Or his family's from Dallas. And he went to OU, Oklahoma. So, it's, uh, so he's pumped beyond belief seeing, you know, uh, Lamb go to the Cowboys. Um, just, just, just riffing off that wide receiver talk. But, um, yeah, I was, I was interested to see quarterbacks. I thought that uh, there was a chance Herbert might go before Tua, which would have been nuts. And I think it had a really good chance of happening, and it didn't, which was – Interesting. I was watching, obviously, the division, you know, that the Bills are playing in, um, you know, Tua now in the division. And, you know, you got Beckton over, Beckton over in the Jets, and he's a freaking monster. And uh, the Patriots did nothing, which is great. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was, I was interested in a lot, and it was just uh, – it was fun. But uh, not, not stressful on day one for a Bills fan, which hasn't happened in years. So, Yeah, no, I mean uh... – <clears throat> That must have been a unique feeling, not having that first-round pick. But like you mm-hmm. said in the in the first episode, getting Stephon Diggs is just as good, if not better, than a first-round pick. So well, you, now, now you have validation because that pick went to Jefferson. So if Justin Jefferson, would you rather have right now have Jefferson or Diggs? I, I mean, I know where you're going. So that was right. great. great. Um, obviously, they trade away more than the, the first-round pick. But that when you think about it, that's really what you kind of – That's the comparative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So, I mean, from a Jets perspective, I loved, frankly, the entire draft, but definitely our first pick 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting to see uh, how those first 10 picks before us were going. There were no trades. Um, yeah, dude, there were no trades. Uh, out. The fact that Andrew Thomas was the first offensive lineman off the board, I thought he was going to be a guy that was going to really be available for the Jets at 11. I didn't think that. Surprised that Wills and Worse dropped so far. Yeah, to be honest. I had Worse as the first offensive lineman, did not win that. I had Wills, um, but, like, the fact that even Wills didn't go until 10 and, and Simmons, uh, I think, wildly was considered a, a, a top three or four overall talent. He drops all the way to eight. So there were definitely some some uh, some kind of shocks and shakeups from what I was expecting. But the fact that uh, Becton fell to the Jets, I mean, you'll have the doubters that are saying, like, he's too big like he's physically you're always gonna have that when you're that too powerful and I think that is kind of bullshit I I I looked into him and the energy that he's given off of since being drafted he seems like a really good dude and he seems like he has his head on straight enough that I'm not he doesn't seem like an alarming guy and Mm -hmm. uh, the Louisville coaching staff that kind of talked about him was just like he was a grinder um and so I, I loved that pick. Um, yeah, I think, that was, that was awesome. I, I think Denver did really well. I, I like, I'm kind of a fan of Drew Locke. I think he kind of has some swag to him. I think he, he's, I don't he's know about the that I want to see him try. So the fact that they got Judy, I thought that was a big pickup. Oh yeah. I mean, all those, all those top like three or four wide receivers are just going to be nasty. It's yeah. cool to see. Um, Dallas kind of riches get getting richer. The fact that they have all those weapons and they still got CD Lamb, like what the hell? Yeah, but Dak still has to perform. I mean, I know that Dak is like his passing yards are top 10, 15 every year, but he's still so overrated. And um, maybe maybe he'll uh, prove his worth this year because their offense is kind of nasty now. <laughs> right. So let's go to day two. Um, Goodell got even worse, and uh, but the fun he started changing was, clothes mid <laughs> mid draft. <laughs> <laughs> Literally between picks, he had a jacket on, then he had a sweater on. Like thirty minutes later, he's yeah, sitting dude. in his chair. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, but um, good thing was is that the Bills had a pick, um, so you guys started to get uh, busy with your draft. Uh, kind of share your thoughts on on the picks that you got, maybe the premier picks. Um, first and foremost, and how you think that they're going to fit. So I'm actually looking this up because I, my whole thought was they're going to draft the running back to be with Singletary. So you go into the second round, there's a running back picked at the end of the first, and Swift is picked right at 35. Then Taylor at 41. I'm starting to be like, oh, there's, there's not going to be anyone. Then no one goes till Acres at 52, and the Bills are two way. So I'm like, okay. They're going to pick J.K. Dobbins, right? Like, they got it. He's nasty. He's going to be a change of pace back. Uh, right. He's going to be perfect. But then they don't. They they go Ebenezer. I, I got to learn how to pronounce his name. But um, out of Iowa, the, the end out of Iowa. And it's going to be really cool to have another pass rusher like that. Um, the thing is, when you think about it, they had Shaq Lawson on the last year of his contract last year. He played really well, but the thing is, are you going to pay him the amount he wants, which is some like a $30 million deal, or are you going to get a um, you know, rookie in the draft and try to develop him? And that's what they, that's where they went the option because 
they're spending so much money on <clears throat> other, you know, skilled position and secondary. They had to pay, um, they had to pay um, Jordan Poyer. They're, they're, they're going to have to pay Hyde, Hyde and um, Trey White next year. So they're, they're really trying to save some money where they can. And I think right. developing a rookie is going to be good. Um, you know, seems like he's kind of a beast. The cool thing is his first career sack was against Josh Allen in college. Oh, wow. So I they had, they had uh, the bills actually my, um, tweeted a video of, uh, of that. It's like, I hope that's the only time. So yeah, that's actually so, awesome. so Josh already knows him, which is cool. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, they, um, I mean, I'm he was first round grade. Yeah. That's the thing. He's first round grade, but there's just people that don't see the potential and, um, right. you know, I, I got to watch more of his highlights. I watched a few of him and read up on, on him a little bit, but, um, you know, that's, that's good to have a guy like that in, in the division that's getting new quarterbacks and new offensive weapons. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. You know, that second round really? pick. And they, they went and got a running back in, you know, in the third round. So, um, and then got a backup quarterback out of nowhere in, in the fourth where uh, Fromm was kind of falling and, you know, they said, why not grab him now and, and develop him? So it seems like him and Josh are already talking and they're, they're, they're trying to get together when they can soon. So, um, you know, I know I'm just rambling about this, but like my thought I was talking to this earlier is Matt Barkley is a solid locker room guy, a veteran, but I don't like after watching him come in relief or play against the Jets week 17 last year, Right. Um, just games like that make me realize I don't know if I want to like trust him if Josh were to get injured and Josh is definitely prone to injury when it comes to his style of play. So having someone that <clears throat> can develop into that backup, I don't know if they'll keep two or three guys, but ha- can develop into that backup would, would be awesome. Um, but I do think Barkley's still big to that room to, to be a leader. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I think, I think my favorite pick for you guys was that running back. Um, Singletary's solid, but I feel like he's more of a bruiser. And that guy from uh, uh, Utah, the I think Zach yeah. Moss. Yeah, Zach Moss. I'm actually pulling up a stat that my friend tweeted today. It's yeah, he's, uh, he he's solid, and to, and to get he's him, kind of a beast, which is which is good. Yeah, so I I thought that was solid for you guys. Um, I was pretty pleased with uh, the Jets selections in those middle rounds. Um, we desperately, I think the first two things that were first and foremost on our board was getting a big offensive lineman and then getting a playmaker on the outside. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, like boom, 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 in that first couple picks of the second round, it was like Pittman went to Indianapolis, yep. T. Higgins went to Cincy, like Claypool play went to Pittsburgh. The Claypool, uh, yeah, Claypool. I only know that because he's my guy. I love him. But but they were all high up on those wide receiver boards. So I was actually kind of feeling the heat of like, oh, no, the Jets, they need to get somebody. And uh, the fact that Denzel Mims fell to them. At, and he's uh, kind of like a beast. Like yeah, I, dude, he's, he he's almost, I could have seen him going at the end of the first round or in the end of the middle of the third round. Like, yeah. Uh, just so, so unknown. But get him at uh, like the middle of that second round I thought was good. He's – like a tick under 6'4", 210 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, from what Matt Rule and that Baylor coaching staff is saying, he's he's solid. Like, he's he's a, a grinder. He learns on the fly, and he, like, is receptive to coaching. So I thought he was uh, a really good get for a, a position that we definitely needed uh, yeah. an upgrade at. So I was pleased with that. And then the other pick that 
I was pumped about was uh, Bryce Hall, the cornerback in round five. I know nothing about him. Shout out to Bryce Hall. I'm hoping good things for you. But um, from everything that I read post-draft, Bryce Hall was like a round three draft grade guy. So the fact that we're, we're adding some, some tools and some weapons in that defensive backfield that late in the draft was just good to see that we were staying like serious and, and invested the whole, all the way through. Yeah. Um, I think just after this draft, this division is going to be so up in the air. It's going to be amazing. It's going to totally. be because like, so like, my thought on Miami is that they have no offense outside of Tua, which is kind of – well, we'll see because they did make a couple moves. But they're, they stacked up on their defense is my thing. And I don't know how they're going to turn out. And then, you know, we're talking Miami's, about the Bills. But the, Patriot, the Patriots could go – dude, they're, they're going to be starting Stidham if they do. And they could, they could win, what, six games? Yeah, I, Belichick is too good. They're, the Patriots won't ever go like two and fourteen. But That's the thing, though. Everyone's like, "Oh, they're just gonna tank and get Trevor Lawrence now." But I'm like, "How are they gonna get Trevor Lawrence? No matter what his team is, they're not getting like two, three wins." Right, and I, I think the way that the Patriots could still end up getting a Justin Fields or Trevor next year is that the teams at the top of the draft outside of maybe Jacksonville won't really need a quarterback. That's, that's kind of where I see that new England could actually get it. But for this down. Yeah. But for this year, um, I think it really depends on how Tua performs, but I think it would be you guys leading the charge probably for potential winning the division. But I look at like a, a, a full season of a healthy Darnold, I'm cautiously optimistic. I I have 25 years of kind of getting my heart ripped out of me every season. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, like we're going to win it. But the fact that we're entering a season that we all actually have like a fighting chance. it's Everyone's going to be competitive. Like it's so good to feel that. And so like we'll get more into – Darnold in a few weeks because I actually want to pick your brain I'm curious what your thoughts are on him but yeah this is going to be a huge year for him yep. because of the doubts of everyone and you know he's you know I've just from what I've watched I've seen his inconsistency but he does have right that and if you you build around him you really don't know what's going to happen so um you know the it's crazy that everyone's going to be pretty competitive this year in the AFC East and that hasn't been a thing for years so um I'm excited. I can't wait either. Um, I guess last uh, thing, if you had to pick a uh, rookie of the year, who would you uh, who would you take right now? Oh God, that's a lot. That's a, that's a loaded question. There's a ton of good guys. Uh, you know, I don't know. So I think a very good potential could be C.D. Lamb for rookie of the year because he's going to be wow. in the offense and have a lot of opportunity, but also, you know, he's not going to be their go-to only guy. So you don't know because of all their talent, but I think that he has a potential to be on that. And the fact that the Cowboys are the Cowboys and they're always on national TV and they're always, whether they screw up or do well, they're, they're always in the media and the news. So if he, if he has a good season, it's going to be elevated. So uh, disclaimer, there's an offensive rookie of the year and defensive, right? Yeah. Yes. Cool. There's offensive and defense. 
So I think Chase Young is solidified. Chase Young is going to be incredible. Yeah, I think Chase Young, if he performs anywhere near what it looks like he'll be capable of, he'll lock up the defensive rookie of the year. But that offensive rookie of the year is uh, – it's interesting, man. Yeah. Um, I think C.D. Lamb it could be really solid. He would probably so, – Yeah, so I want to – I want to – no, I don't want to go into Unfortunately, if you're locking that in, are you locking in C.D. Lamb? No, I'm not locking anyone in yet. There's just so many guys that could. It's just such a deep draft. I can see any of those first-round wide receivers being disgusting this year. Um, what do you think? Who do you think? So, it's so early, so this is why this is more of a fun question. But I think if Tua gets reps – and not just like three games or any bullshit like that. Like if he plays this coming season, he's going to win rookie of the year. No, 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 no. He plays for Miami still. You're forgetting that. <laughs> uh, he still plays for Miami and he's still the most injury prone player. In- I think there's something about, I know totally. And <laughs> it obviously is contingent upon if he actually plays like substantially, they're not going to give it to him if he plays fucking three games or limited reps and if he stays healthy. But mm-hmm. in a way, Tua has that, like – Well, it's kind of like playing with house money. Like, you don't – they don't expect him – first of all, they don't expect him to be healthy. They don't expect him to bring Miami to be great. So, like, if he has a pretty solid year, number-wise, and, and I guess wins and stuff in the division, but he could, like, kind of get that under – almost his value goes up because they're not expecting it to – yeah, no, and, and kind of, right, and and kind of like how you said about C.D. Lamb being in Dallas, and if Dallas is good, everyone on Dallas's roster kind of gets bumped up a level just because they're America's team. Yeah, but I think there is there's a comparative sense with Tua that the media fucking loves Tua to the point that if he does anything remotely above average, they're going to make it glorified to be like, oh, he's the next coming of Christ. Like, he has that aura, I think, above any offensive player in this draft that if he does well, they're going to make a maybe like B-minus season seem like an A-minus just because it's Tua. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with that. But, I mean, I'm – I'm excited for him to throw a lot of completions to Trey White this year, so it'll be facts, fun. dude. I can't wait till Jamal Adams comes from the blind side and just wrecks his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I love to as a player, but you can't play for Miami. Screw that. So, <laughs> so another, another weapon that left the AFC East uh, during all this draft talk. It was kind of quiet, but. Uh, uh, quiet at, at once draft came. It was obviously made splashes, but Gronk joining uh, joining Brady in Tampa. Um, <laughs> I'll give my immediate reaction before I toss it to you, but that was just house money. It was literally yeah. he's a retired player, um, and I kind of knew that there was going to be a day that he would come back, and Gronk just terrorizing the Jets – for years since 2010 has been just nauseating. So the fact that he was like, you know what? I want to come back for anybody but you. I'm leaving New England. I'm going down to Tampa. It was cool to see. Because I'm from a from a person perspective, I love Gronk. Same. So to see him back in the You're game. You're a pro Gronk podcast. <laughs> You're totally a pro Gronk. Um, you cannot be. But how do you 
how do you think he's going to fit? And I, cause I, I think he lost a shit ton of weight, dude. Like yeah. he lost, he lost a he lost lot of his power and strength. Do you think that he actually has some like legitimate gas in the tank? So the thing is like, he's, he's obviously been retired for like a year now, but like, it's not like he's been doing nothing. The dude's been training and um, a little different, obviously not for football because he's, lost a ton of weight that's what he's been doing is getting in shape that way but I don't think you're gonna hurt to give Gronk a few extra cheeseburgers and tell him to get some more pounds on there yeah he he won't say no to overeating yeah exactly like and you know I'm just so pumped to see Tom and Bray or um, Tom and Gronk back together not in New England because like you said uh, he's Terry's that division both of them have and Gronk um Gronk being from Buffalo, I'm pretty sure I gotta look this up to double check, but he's some of his best stats ever are against the Bills and he's just destroyed them. So I'm glad that I don't have to see him as a Bills fan. And I love Gronk. So it's just gonna be cool to see him playing again, him back with Tom, him and his just shenanigans they're already up to. That video Brady posted with the with the uh with the call and then <laughs> Gronk running incredible yeah um, i i think that there's a legitimate case I, I think you bring up good points um i think there is cause for a bit of concern to like let's temper our expectations a little bit oh but, yeah i mean he hasn't played in a year and he's he's underweight and he's got two other tight ends that are solid there right but i do think that there is a uh there's a legitimate factor to playing with your best friend when you are when you are a dynamic duo with someone that you trust with your life and you've already experienced so much success yeah. you can you can elevate yourself and collectively elevate your success to a point that like if you were just individual or, or with another supporting cast you wouldn't even come close to so i do think that there's a true possibility that Gronk can get back to like 80% of what he was. And Which if he, is still incredible. Oh, if he could show that he's 80% of what he was, he's still like a top six tight end easily, easily. Easy, yeah. That's the best part. It's going to – if Gronk is back to who he is, it's going to be electric. That's going to be – see, the thing about football that's different, like you see – like in the NBA, you see guys join up all the time that were like former teammates or stars – and that right. changes an entire team. Like when you have LeBron join D Wade, Bosch in Miami, that's a whole different team. When you have Gronk join Brady and they're two positions out of 11 on the field, how much does it change? I really hope that they become like a good fun team to watch, but I really think that, you know, expectations need to be tempered because you still have all these guys that you need to worry about, um, especially for Brady and offensive line for a guy that does, isn't, is not mobile. So. And yeah, it's only getting older. So it was uh, it was cool to see that though. Uh, shout out to Gronk. We are totally oh, Gronk, uh, He was he was teasing us for an entire year. He kept joking on every podcast he was on, like, "Oh, I'm gonna come I'm back done, for the playoffs, or I'll come back this this whatever." And then yeah. out of nowhere, they're like, "Yeah, Gronk wants to come back and play with Tom." And everyone was joking about it before. Everyone's like, oh, when Brady left, they're like, oh, Gronk's going to join him. And everyone's like, oh, good joke. Two months later, he does. <laughs> it's just incredible. Unreal. Yeah. So let's shift to this, dude. What was incredible was uh, seeing 
kind of those episodes three and four. So we had the second weekend of uh, installments of the MJ documentary, The Last Dance on ESPN. Um, yes. This one was mainly around uh, Dennis Rodman's shenanigans and just his how it was as a teammate and, and just being a part of his lifestyle in episode three. And then episode four, uh, a lot of the bad boy Pistons and, and how the Bulls kind of went from not being able to get out of the Eastern Conference to finally getting past those Pistons teams and those Celtics teams uh, and, and really started to go on their tear that they did. But uh, first impressions from uh, the MJ doc last night, what did you think of it? Uh, it was great. The first two episodes were really good. I loved them. But I think this is like – this is the stuff that I love, like watching Dennis Rodman be – I loved when they went back to him and, and you could see old videos and pictures of him back. Like, oh, it was the best. And even, even before that, and he was like this – he was kind of scrawny. He was a little, like, real thin and tall. And, um, I mean, it was cool to go back and see him, um, you know, how his career went when he was with uh, Detroit and then going to – uh, San Antonio but I think I mean you know what we're going to talk about the most legendary part of the doc all, already is that Vegas vacation and I wish I wish there was an entire episode on the on that weekend oh my god they they could make a whole 10 part series they about could, it. They could. <laughs> it was incredible Oh my God! Now, uh, the the one thing that I take away from from watching that we could go down so many rabbit holes of of just Dennis Rodman as a dude, but how do you think? So you saw it, it was a different time then. So how do you think Dennis Rodman would survive with his persona and his the way he acted and treated uh, being a professional athlete, kind of so nonchalantly in some yeah. regard? Like he worked hard when he was on the court, but he really took advantage of having that fame and having the money to just yep. be like, I'm going to go off and whatever. Yeah. And go to Vegas. Um, well, partly it was the fact that Phil and MJ were like, you know what, dude, we know that when you're here and you're invested, you're the best at what you do. And we understand that you need a break sometimes. So we're going to give you that. break. They just give him a break. Like it's personally, there's no fucking chance that that would happen in this day and age. No. How do you, how do you think Dennis would survive in this day and age? So I have one comparison and don't laugh because it's not about skill or their ability in their sport. It is about their personality and where they ended up. Johnny Manziel was a partier in college and everything. And he, the Vegas trip just reminded me of when Johnny left the team and went to Vegas and put on the, the, um, the different hair and the sun or in the glasses and he was Billy. You remember that back when he oh. was with Browns? Oh yes, yes, yes. It was like during a bye week and he just left and went to Vegas party, but they didn't want him to, they, anyone didn't want, he didn't want anyone to know he was there. So he like literally had a disguise and he was Billy football. Yeah. <laughs> Basically yeah. he was the original Billy football. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, think of like someone like that. Obviously if he was more talented and have more of a potential, it'd be a little different, but like, someone like that just gets thrown aside so quick because you make one, two mistakes and you're done. And I think that Rodman obviously has in his sport and his craft, he's just an incredible specimen when it comes to just being that body and physicality, rebounding everything. 
that I think that he would get a more of a leeway in, in this modern age, but like he would, that stuff would not fly. No team would ever let you leave the team in the middle of the season. Not at all. Right. When no. they know who you are and they know you're going right to Vegas to just go. Totally. And I, I think, <laughs> I think Dennis was, he's such a unique breed that I, I think that if he wasn't afforded that, yeah, go take a 48-hour break. Like, go take your break. If he wasn't given that, he would have folded. He would have crumbled. And I actually and agree with that a lot. Um, so I, I do think that in this day and age, no fucking chance. But hearing, hearing him talk, and we'll, we'll get to your viral moment last night because you actually scored some success while <laughs> watching this on your own personal brand. But hearing him talk about, like, the art, of rebounding oh, and how the guy that you don't think is very smart he's got something in there oh my gosh dude like totally like vividly talking about how larry bird's shot would go this way and mj's would come this way and 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 on and on it was like i know i played basketball mm-hmm. and like rebounding and defense that was kind of just shit that i didn't care about and like I didn't think about, and it was just whatever. If a rebound came to me or in my vicinity, I would try to get it. If I didn't, fuck it, we're moving on. But like he was, I'm going to study the science behind it. Of where every shot, every player misses a shot. I thought that was crazy. It shows how brilliant he is and why he's should be considered one of the best at what he did. But like to hear about a guy, like typically you're taught, you're hearing about guys my crossover, my jump shot, like my dunking ability, this and that on the offensive side. He was just like, no, like I fucking loved rebounding. Yeah. It was just I love jumping up and grabbing a ball. That's it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it was um it, it was awesome. But so in that in his in his description of kind of getting those rebounds, uh Bird would go this way, MJ would come this way, uh Barkley would come this way. Uh, he had a funny video as he was describing that. Yeah, it was uh, like it was like click that way, that way, click that. Way, I'll, I'll that let way. you. Uh, and and with that piece of video on your Twitter, shout out your Twitter. Uh, you kind of went viral, dude. Like I think it's over 500 retweets, over 2,000 likes right now. Like you're yeah. doing well. Um, <laughs> talk about what went through because in your own way, we're in this social media sports world and this is we have our own personal brand so mm-hmm. you executed well on a, on a fun moment that you saw kind of take us through what you were thinking in that moment and what you thought would have worked and it ended up did working yeah I mean I mean we're in here in quarantine I got no full-time job we're doing these kind of things we're trying to enjoy it so I mean I saw that and I was like right away I was so I was sitting with my dad and my mom was over in the kitchen because I'm at my parents house right now just spending the time here before I go back to New York and uh we were watching it and I'm just like this is hilarious because he keeps saying like click click so I'm like sounds like he's like trying to explain like something on a computer and then like my head I was like what is this what does this remind you of and I'm like oh my god this is like because I was talking to my dad about this a few days ago at dinner I'm like this is like me trying to explain like one of Charlie's TikTok dances to my dad, basically. <laughs> so I'm like, so I go and find the first video I can find. Someone um, actually tweeted a tweet with the video, but it wasn't their video. So I just shared the video, how you can mm-hmm. do on Twitter now. I was just like, this is like me explaining TikTok dances to my parents. 
I thought it was brilliant because it was. I, I mean, I was dying laughing when I tweeted it, and I was like, "Okay, this this is just fun." And then I wake or I put my phone down at the end of the episode. I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, up, no, I mean, <laughs> like everyone's hitting it up. <laughs> I thought you, I thought you executed it well, dude. It's like in those moments when something happens that you identify as like funny, you have to be as as like. Uh, you know, like relatable as possible and nothing is more relatable than TikTok. Even if you don't use it yourself, TikTok is what's popping right now. So the fact that you uh, brought it into your tweet was, was brilliant. And that's why uh, I think that's why large reason why it popped off. So props to you, good <laughs> sir, for going viral. We got uh, 3,200 likes, 630. Next, uh, <laughs> next, I spent half my life on TikTok watching stupid things anyways. So um you know it was not? only right that you had to put it right <laughs> shout out to dennis rodman man shout out dennis rodman imagine oh my god unbelievable mm-hmm. yeah so i think uh I, I i kind of agree with one of your first statements episodes one and two the first weekend was also very entertaining but it, it was, was also only- new too like it was Awesome. Yeah, but in a way, it was kind of like an introduction to us, like getting our feet wet, wet with what to be expected these next four weekends off of that. And but I really thought that this this installment uh, took it to another level, yeah. and uh, I'm looking forward to next week. I, I saw the teaser and the fact that I saw they, Kobe in it. Yeah, the fact that they bring Kobe into uh-huh. it. Shout out! It's good stuff that you're wearing it. Uh, R.I.P. to the legend, but. I'm I'm excited for it to keep going. What what are some things that maybe you're looking forward to continuing to see uh in the third weekend as we as we get ready for it? So before I get into that, I have to mention how savage everyone was on these episodes. Not only them watching like different statements and different things on their on their iPads and phones was pretty funny. Right. But oh my god. <laughs> When they're going, okay, first of all, as a Cavs fan, I was too young to really witness this, but when they're going over the the shot, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I remember I tweeted, here it comes. And yeah. I just see they're talking, and Ron Harper goes, okay, whatever, book this bullshit. Like, talking about them putting Elo on Jordan. Right. And just hilarious, because, like, what if they didn't? Imagine if he was on Jordan, you know. I mean, who knows? Elo gave him 10 feet of space to hit that shot. Oh, <laughs> but, but the way that they were just savages and Michael was just still hates Isaiah Thomas, which is wonderful. Oh my God. Um, And when they're, so they're going over like all the MJ rules and then they go over that series and um, they go, (laughs) they go to Horace Grant after they, what were they talking? They were talking about how they didn't shake their hands. Right. Right. They didn't shake their hands, which was kind of a scummy move. And then they go to, uh, Horace Grant now and he's like straight up bitches <laughs> and I <Yep>. died <laughs> I'm like this is incredible <laughs> but it dude it made I, I agree it's so funny so dope to see and it's just hilarious but like the fact that Horace Grant saying that Ron Harper just totally shit talking his teammate MJ just you could feel you could feel the hate in MJ his like, blood boils like, yeah. about Isaiah Thomas and like and that whole team <laughs> those interviews and like the fact that they don't bleep anything out like it's it's so raw and so true yeah, don't watch ESPN2 version I know don't right do don't do no it you're missing everything 
I, I turn it up when they swear. Oh, great. Wonderful. <laughs> but, get, uh, get me going. <laughs> yeah. It, it really, like, it, it makes this documentary so impactful. Like, the mm-hmm. fact that Isaiah Thomas and, and MJ, it's like, and then Isaiah Thomas this morning on Get Up and all these shows, like, doubling down on, on why what they did was, like, okay. Mm-hmm. It's still such a big deal to them. It's crazy it, that that they're so passionate about it. Like normally you see a doc and it's just like, okay, I'm telling my story, whatever. But like MJ is so into it and he never is. Yeah. And everyone is into the the whole story and it's, it's, I love it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's so dope. And I love how many random people they're getting in this. Like some people obviously like are important to the story, but they're just like getting so many different people talking like presently. Right. About it. Yeah. A lot of different people. I, uh, come I, hope, uh, I hope LeBron makes some kind of entrance towards the end. Oh my God. He's got it, right? Whether I don't about like don't him know. growing up, like idolizing Jordan or something. I, all I know is that I don't know if he's going to make an appearance in this doc. All I have his own <laughs> is his documentary is going to be fucking wild. Like, and the, the cool thing that I can't and they have so much footage now. These that's the thing, dude. It's you don't like, need a whole year with him, like they did. Like they already got they're that gonna pull, they're gonna pull his 2003 summer league highlights, and like the fact that media and production has improved so drastically throughout. It's, gonna be, it's not going to be as many lookbacks to pictures and stuff. Like they'll right. have high school stuff. They'll have and like grainy footage that's like really shot. It's like, there's going to be some of that, but like, it's going to be just so modern, immaculate looking shit. I, I can't wait for that. I'm, that that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to direct that. <laughs> that that'll be your uh, claim to fame. Oh God. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway. no, I mean, what, are, uh, what are you looking forward to like this coming week? I know I just saw uh, the NBA is trying to open up some facilities yeah. uh, in the next coming week or week and a half. But um, as we kind of start our week and, and go through these days, like what are, what are you going to be kind of focused on getting into? What are you looking at? Same old right now. I mean, it's good to see that NBA is trying to get back. It looks like NHL as well. And it's really just so up in the air because different states are impacted by this whole thing differently, obviously. So right. they're trying to figure out the best way. And I'm, I'm trying to take all this news as, you know, take it with a gr- like a grain of salt because you really, some of this could happen. Like they could say, oh, they're not playing until this day and they come back earlier. Or it could be the complete opposite. They never play. So I'm just waiting until things officially happen because I don't know. Like, I don't know about you, but through this whole thing, I just, there's so much negativity online. It's just unreal. And I'm trying to like get away from that. Like if you're, if any, if you see any Woj tweets or anyone tweeting about things coming back, look at the replies. If you want a bad day, because it's just people negative, like never happening. Never, these people yeah. are ridiculous. Like, like I'm not going to state my point because I'm not a politic like I don't like politics because of that because right. I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm not going to voice my opinion if I don't know what I'm talking about but like just the negativity online I'm trying to get away from that and hope hope for some positivity this week so no, I, I think that's a very good answer uh and I think it's true it's like dude there's there's so many guys that like think they know what they're talking about but like even our fucking government doesn't know what a week from now will no, look like. no one does it's it's so, unprecedented like don't act like you know everything if you're 
a random burner on Twitter or, or even some of these reports that you're seeing that are just clickbait and like either, either, either they're complete guesses or you, they say a headline, you click in and there's like fine print and you're like, okay. Yeah, literally. No. So I I think I'm the same way. I, uh, I'm going to look forward to, hopefully learning more about the Jets draft picks. I think this week the the NFL teams will do a good job of like highlighting more specific yeah. each guy. Um, and then looking forward to jumping back on here next week uh, to talk about the next uh, like installments of that MJ doc, because I think they're, they're getting better by the second that they air. So yeah, um, they are. that's going to be cool. But I think as we kind of wind this down, Last thing I want to say is shout out to all you guys. Like um, we literally had one random podcast that we started last week. (laughs) You and I wanted to do this as just kind of like a a hobby and and we like talking, but the fact that we have the numbers that we saw, like over 25 people came in to, to listen to us on the one platform that we're live on. It's like, we appreciate, I appreciate, and I know you do too. It's like you guys riding with us and, I think we're going to be getting better by the week and we're going to continue to, to evolve ourselves. And then we want to start getting guests on. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of people that we'll tap into, but I'm excited for the future. Yeah, same. And I know that now that we've kind of got this rolling, it's time to like get some guests on coming up, which will hit some of you guys up that we know that will be helpful. And, and just once sports comes back, it's going to be much more to talk, talk about, which is great. So um you know i'm hoping for it soon i'm uh sick of watching the 2016 Cavs run over and over and i'm sick of watching you know old games so i'm ready i've I've only watched last year's masters final round three times so far so that's (laughs) okay but i have watched game seven of the Cavs championship at least 10 times so i'm like you're only going a little bit insane i can't i mean and it's not even that long ago but it still feels like it's like style because i've seen it so many times i've only cried so many times over the Cavs winning the title like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, jesus christ yeah no but it's the same for me man i i'm desperately needing uh live sports but the fact that we had the nfl draft it, it brought some sort it was of great to see something back i could yep. gamble on something which was amazing <laughs> you know anything about esports let me know i'm looking for yeah. something to gamble on that I'm not clueless about. <laughs> nah, but uh, I uh, I had fun, man. I another episode down. I thought uh, I thought it was good. Hopefully, you guys um, enjoy what we brought to you guys. And if you have any thoughts, uh, talking sports uh, A to Z on Twitter. Talking sports A Z on A-Z. Twitter and Instagram, and then um, you know in our bio we have our link to to spotify we're waiting for apple to accept it because it takes a little while so once that's up we'll uh put that on there but you know we're available pretty much everywhere except for apple Podcasts right now hopefully by the time this is done it'll be up on apple Podcasts. so um we'll see right on man well uh if that's it for you that's it for me i'm good have a good uh good week happy monday aka tuesday for, for everyone listening Yep. All right, man. Thanks for listening. Peace.